Thank you for coming to the podcast. This is Top Turtle MMA Podcast on KSIDepress.com. I'm Danny Gubby Freeland, joined as always by my co-host Shockwave Dave Tremonte. The UFC is back after a week off. UFC Vegas 61, live from the Apex. Well, maybe not live. It appears there won't be crowds. But nevertheless, we're still giving you guys the stuff that you know and love, including fight stars and parlays, where we'll be breaking down some fights, giving you some dogs, and giving you a parlay that we think will cash this weekend. Plus, as you know, I've always got the interviews for you. We'll be talking to Tabitha Ricci to kick off the show today. We'll be fighting this weekend coming up against Jessica Penne. And a little bit later on in the show, we'll be talking to Guido Canetti as he gets ready for Randy Costa. And we're going to get to all that great content for you right now. The hosts are ready. The fighters are ready. Listeners, make some noise if you are ready for Top Turtle MMA with Shockwave and Gumby. All right, and joining me today is Tabitha Ricci, who fights Jessica Penne at UFC Vegas 61. That fight is on October 1st. So, Tabitha, I wanted to start here. Uh, obviously, the fight was originally scheduled to be against Cheyenne Vlismas, uh, mm-hmm. and you get the late change only a couple of weeks ago. What were sort of your feelings when they came to you with a new opponent? You're, you're not fighting the person you've been preparing for? Well, I got kind of pretty upset, you know, because I was so ready and especially mentally ready for that fight i trained the whole summer for that but i understand you know uh problems happens i don't, I don't know what specific what happened to her but i understand her side and uh, actually i got pretty stoked that i got jessica too and uh really respect her to take the fight and uh, she's uh, super respect in well known and strawway division so uh, i'm kind of pretty stoked for that fight Yeah, and I was going to ask you about that, too. Uh, Obviously, she's a former title challenger, right? Like, a lot of weight comes along with that. Were you excited that, like, you know, you kind of have a name with maybe even a little bit more gravity to it than than Vlis Moss did? Yeah, I was very excited. She's been in the UFC, I think, for eight years. So she have a very long career. Uh, super big respect for her. You know, she fought big names. She fought Joanna. I think she got part of the Tough House. So she had like a you know, big history in the UFC. And she's on the rank. So I think it's, it's like it's going to be a big fight. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and yeah. obviously, it, it's probably a, a pretty big stylistic change between the two of them. Felice Moss being somebody who who does like to stand and trade a little bit more. Yeah. You know, she's got a few knockouts on her career. Whereas Penne, you know, she's she's known for her grappling, although she has, you know, sort of rounded herself out over the years. Did you feel like you had to do a whole bunch different in your training camp to sort of to switch it around? Uh, I think the game plan didn't change as much, but I do or I did have to work a lot on uh, on what Jessica does the best. You know, we have to keep some adjust on that. Uh, work on some part that I uh, watch some videos, talk to the team, you know. Uh, yeah, I think we did a good job at trusting my team and in my, my work. So I, I think we're more than ready to go. Awesome. And I, I want to talk a little bit more about that fight in a second, but I also wanted to get your thoughts on some of the things going on right now in the strawweight division, because it's an exciting yeah. time in the strawweight division. And in yeah. fact, the headliner on the fight card you're going to be on, strawweight fight, you know, somebody you've trained with in Mackenzie yeah. Dern. 
Yeah, what what is it like getting to be on a fight card headlined by Mackenzie, who, who you have worked so close Oh, with? I'm super stoked for Mackenzie. She's been working so hard. Uh, she looks amazing and I'm super happy to be part of the same card because we always train together for the fights. And now we have uh, we have this opportunity to fight on the same day. So it's going to be a very good vibe. And I think it's going to be it's being super nice to be sharing uh, the camp with her and the other girls that come to help us. Piera, uh, she's going to fight, up, I think, two weeks after us and Sabina Mazo. So uh, we're having a very good uh, trainings uh, partners now. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome to hear. And, and obviously, you know, with being, you know, the same fight day for both of you guys. Do you feel like it's easier to like, you know, peak at the right time with one another? Whereas like when you're on different parts of training camps and, you know, you're maybe fighting a couple of weeks after her or something like that, you know, you're doing, you have very different goals the week of the fight or two weeks before the fight. Is it easier being that you're on the same timeline? Uh, You're saying about the the peak, the performance peak? Yeah, the performance peak. Yeah, so uh, I have amazing strength conditioning code, and uh, we have been done that for all my fights. Uh, he have been following that. We know exactly time when we have to slow down uh, the intention of the training or when we have to stop training. So we are already on top of that, and uh, we're gonna pick in the right time. Yeah, we already we already used to that. We already know how the work's gonna be done. Yeah. That that's good to hear. Now, I I did want to get your thoughts on one more part of the the strawweight division because obviously. You know, while this is a big headliner, there's another big headliner happening in November between Carla Esparza and Wei Li Zhang. I was wondering if you could give us your thoughts on what might go down in that uh, title fight within your division. I think Whaley is going to be the huge favorite. I think everybody thinks about that. You know, I think Carla plays a little bit more strategic, more with the rules. She waits a little bit more. And Whaley is just savage. I don't know if she Carla is going to handle that pressure, you know. I just think really is going to come crazy hard on her. And um, I I don't know. I just feel like Whaley is going to be the huge favorite for that fight, you know, just the style-wise, you know. I don't think is going to be like, uh, it's too much for Carla, the pressure. Yeah. I think I agree with you entirely yeah. on that. Well, let, let's get back to talking about your fight because, <laughs> you know, I, I know that that's what you're excited about. And, you know, we talked a little bit about how Jessica Penny prefers to grapple and that, that involves like, you know, a little bit different of a uh, pre- preparation yeah. with such an extensive judo background of your own right. And, you know, you, you're so sharp at jujitsu. That's been your path to victory in pretty much all your UFC yeah. fights. Yeah. Do you think this fight plays out on the ground? Well, uh, we'll see, you know. Uh, uh, I think uh, the fight can be anywhere, you know. Depends who who wants to do whatever out of her game plan. She wants to put me down. She want to play with her jiu-jitsu. She has amazing school from uh, Jay Flo. I'm super fan of him. and I think he's a great coach. So I'm super excited to be fighting one of his students too, because I have a huge respect for him as well. Uh, so who knows? I think the fight could be top on the ground, but I, I see the fight ending and win a knockout or submission. Awesome. And I, I usually like to end these things with a prediction. So you, you sort of sort of <laughs> stole my thunder there. But uh, you know, do, do you got a little bit maybe more of a specific prediction? You, you, you're calling the finish, but how do you see it going down? Uh, I'm not sure. You know, it's hard to predict fights, but uh, I just feel like it's going to be a finish. I just don't know how yet. <laughs> All right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. This has been Tabitha Ricci, who fights Jessica <laughs> Penne at UFC Vegas 61.
that fight is on October 1st. Uh, Tabitha, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, we hope you enjoyed that interview with Tabitha Ricci. I once again am Daniel Gubby Freeland, joined now by my co-host Shockwave Dave Tremonte. Dave, we may not have had a UFC last weekend, but I wanted to start here last night on Dana White's Contender Series. Multi-time All-American, multi-time national champion, Bo Nickel, finally punches his way into the UFC. I got to get your take on it. People are talking about him beating comms out at this point. What did you think? of the Penn State All-American? You know, the Kamza talk, let's start there. Let's all slow down, okay? I am a huge, huge fan of Bo Nickel. I think he is a tremendous prospect. But to me, he is just a prospect at this point. The punch he landed off the fake takedown, I mean, that's not going to work at higher levels, Bapas. So let's just take a breather. He looks great. Am I high on him? Would I buy stock on him? Yes. I also, hey, if I want to be a prick about it, he did fall off mount. He ended up with a submission from the bottom. But that's not something that happens a lot in the UFC. I want to see him stay on top, ground and pound, or get some sort of submission from the top. And I say that as a huge fan of jiu-jitsu, and especially jiu-jitsu on my back because I'm a lazy guy. So I I think he looks good. I don't think he's, you know, the next uh, pick your Hall of Fame fighter. How about you? Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I think there's a super high ceiling on him. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised to find out he's a superstar in five or six years or something like that. But also, like, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on the pump the brakes about the comms out talk or pump the brakes about he beats the brakes off of, uh, you know, Marvin Vittori or somebody like that type. Because, you know, at the end of the day, he did just beat Donovan Beard, who wasn't a bad prospect out of CFFC, but a guy who had shown... They had massive issues with his wrestling and massive issues with grappling when he, even when he was in CFFC, um, he had problems with Miles Lee. So, you know, the the fact that he gets hit with an overhand left that comes off of a takedown, like, you know, didn't shock me that that happened. And in addition to that, like, he looks great with the submission skills, but like you said, was he just, you know, like kind of showing off and dazzling or did he actually get bucked off a mount there? What was the issue? So... Yeah, I have questions still. I'm not ready to anoint him the second coming, but I am very interested in where the UFC starts by booking him. Because let's face it, if they really wanted to, you know, put him on as a headliner to a fight night in in two months from now against a guy like, you know, let's say Calvin Gastelum, I think the ratings go through the roof for something like that. So it'll be interesting to see what they get tempted by doing and whether or not they do what the right thing for him, which is probably book him against, you know, another contender series middleweight or somebody who's, you know, one in two in the UFC. Something like that probably makes more sense and, and is probably what I would prefer. I'm with you, man. I think we see a like on that. I'm still high on him. And I'll tell you what else I'm high on. Life and UFC Vegas 61 and our favorite segment on the show, Fights of Dogs and Parlays, breaking down UFC Vegas 61, is about to start right now. But before we get going, one may wonder if anyone sponsors this edition of Fights, Dogs, and Parlays. Absolutely. Fights, Dogs, and Parlays is brought to you by Maroon Social. M-A-R-U-N-E. Maroon Social is the one and only social media app for the martial arts enthusiast. Whether you do kickboxing, judo, sambo, jiu-jitsu, or any other martial art, you can use Maroon Social to log your training sessions, tag your training partners, log competitions, weigh-ins, and so much more. Ditch that dirty jiu-jitsu journal and get yourself Maroon Social wherever it is you download apps. 
Boom. Let's start at the main event. It's Mackenzie Dern. We're big fans. A minus 210 taking on Yan. Show not, show non, a plus 180. I dare you to try to Google that name based off her phonetic, uh, pronunciation. But that all being said, Mackenzie Dern, the favorite here, is on a, uh, She's two and one in her last three. She beat Tisha Torres via split decision, lost Marina Rodriguez before that. She was on a four-fight win streak, if you want to peel it back even further before that. Um, so really, she's five and one in her last six, going back to a loss to Amanda Rebus back in 2019. She has tried to work on her boxing and her stand-up. It's a work in progress that's coming along. Uh, Yan Shonown is on a two-fight losing streak, lost to Carla Esparza via TKO, lost Marina Rodriguez via split decision. So uh, Mackenzie Dern coming off a split decision win. Shonown coming off a split decision loss. She's a plus 180 dog. Any reason to take her? Who you got? You know, I think there are reasons to take her. I don't think a big enough one for me to actually pick her. Uh, you know, obviously the odds uh, I, I think are a little bit wider than they need to be because I, I do think Shonown is probably a more complete fighter. Um, if you if you look at her package, she's she's got the kickboxing. She's got some decent clinch work. Um, I actually like her top control when she does get a takedown. But the bottom line here is that she's about to spend five rounds with Mackenzie Dern. And, and there's a couple of problems with that for me. Number one, Mackenzie Dern has gone five rounds before. She actually looked very good even in the late rounds against Marina Rodriguez, despite not winning that decision. And the other problem with that is it undoubtedly means she's going to be on the ground with Mackenzie Dern for probably not a little bit of time, right? For, for probably a large portion of that, if she can last a large portion of that. And that's a big if, because my big concern for Yan Shanan is that she had issues with being on the ground with Carla Esparza. Carla Esparza took her down, which granted, Esparza definitely a better wrestler, but took her down, held her down, and actually TKO'd her, which is maybe the part that concerns me the most, because not that Carla Esparza isn't a good wrestler, but Carla Esparza, not a wild finisher, right? So for her to have so much control that she felt like she could open up with her hands and get the finish here, that really concerns me about Shaunan. I think the opening just comes for Mackenzie Dern to finish at least one time. And, and I don't think she misses on too many of those times, uh, you know, with the exception of Marina Rodriguez. And I think Shaunan is not in that same conversation with Marina Rodriguez. So I'm going to say Mackenzie Dern gets it done. I, I like her to submit her here. Yeah, I'm with you entirely. You know, for me, Mackenzie Dern at this point, I need to see her against the highest of high levels. You know, against Shannon, I, I'm pretty positive she's going to win. I know the odds aren't, like, massively stacked, but I'm comfortable with my money on Mackenzie Dern, even at that dog money. Uh, where do you think she would go next after this win? Um, we know she's a big name. Uh, you know, I'll even, we should add on this, there are rumors, well, it's confirmed that this is closed to the public. This fight is close to the public. It's close to the press. Rumors are flying that it has something to do with Mark Zuckerberg. He might be doing like a meta thing. He's a huge MMA fan. He's been training. He might be in the building. Um, Mackenzie Dern is a very marketable star. Where do you see her going after this? How many more fights does she have to win before a title shot? So I, I think the loss to Marina Rodriguez really hurts her uh, because Marina is obviously sitting in front of her in the rankings. And like, you know, I, I, obviously like Marina's got to do a little bit more to get a title shot too. Uh, but she's beat Dern and she also just want to split over Yan Xiaonan. To your point, Mackenzie Dern is more marketable. I, I think what winds up happening here is Marina Rodriguez probably gets the winner of the Carla Esparza Weili Zhang fight uh, that's coming up for the title. And I think you probably just give Dern, as long as the win is impressive, 
Rose Namajunas is a name that makes a ton of sense for me. If, as long as she's staying in the UFC, I think that makes sense. Otherwise, I, I don't know. Rematch with Marina Rodriguez, maybe the loser of Carla Esparza, Weili Zhang. But, you know, it, it, like you said, it's got to be one of those really top names. Yeah, makes total sense. All right, let's move on then. We have Randy Brown, a minus 285 favorite. Francisco Trinaldo, a plus 240 dog. Randy, Randy Brown, don't blink. He's on a three-fight win streak. Wins over Alex Oliveira via Rooney Kachoke, Jerry Gordon via unanimous decision, and coming off a split decision win over Chaos Williams. His last loss was to Vicente Luke via KO. That was back in August of 2020. You know, Randy Brown, man, he's been around the UFC, believe it or not, since 2016. So we're going on six years of Randy Brown. Um, I don't know, just wild. And uh, here he is, a big favorite to Francisco Trinaldo. Trinaldo, uh, he is also on, uh, he's on a two-fight win streak himself with wins over Dwight Grant and Danny Roberts, lost to Muslim Solakov uh, back in June of 2021, and he was on a three-fight win streak before that. So he's five and one in his last six, but he finds himself the dog here. Who do you take? I- I'm going to go with Randy Brown. Uh, I will say you can't ever really count Francisco Trinaldo out because he looks like a complete different guy, you know, from fight to fight. Uh, and that probably has something to do with the fact that the dude is 44 years old and is now fighting up at a weight class, which, by the way, I just don't think he fits at. The dude's five foot nine with a 70-inch reach, and he's fighting at 170 pounds now. And against a guy like Randy Brown, who is so long, you know, like Randy Brown is going to have five inches of height and eight inches of reach on Trinaldo here. And, you know, Trinaldo doesn't strike me as the type of guy who's going to get in on those takedowns consistently on Randy Brown. Randy Brown seems like he could stuff those. And I just think he's going to have better striking, more rangy striking. And I, I don't think he's going to make the mistake of getting into the clinch all the time with Trinaldo. So I'm going to go with the uh, favorite here, Ray Brown. I, I think he wins pretty comfortably. Boom. I won't add anything to that. Uh, Honey Barsalos, a minus 215. Trevin Jones, a plus 185. Um, our boy Barsalos is on a two-fight losing streak. Uh, very sorry to say it. I was at one time somewhat big on him. Uh, Trevin Jones also on a two-fight losing streak. So someone's got to win here. That's good. A losing streak will be broken. Who you got? Uh, I'm going to go here with Trevin Jones. Uh, I know he's coming in in the big dog money here, but the the thing is I've really liked the way he's looked, even in losses sometimes. Uh, you know, like he, he fought Javid Basharat. I, I don't think there's any shame in losing somebody like Javid Basharat who – for for what it's worth, I, I think the sky's the limit on that dude. And same thing with Sajikov Krokromanov, who who he also lost to. Both of those guys are undefeated in the UFC, um, and, and that's worth noting in his losses. He's also beat Mario Batista and Timor Vliev, who who are really tough outs. So to see him look so good against those four people, uh, you know, it really does a lot for me. Barcelos really struggled with Victor Henry, and not that Victor Henry is not a good opponent. We haven't seen good things out of him. But he went 1-7 in takedown attempts against Victor Henry, which just shows me, like, the grappling game of Rayone Barcelos is sort of fading off. And that was what kind of made him as dangerous as he was back in the day when he was scoring a whole bunch of takedowns on guys like, you know, said Nurmagomedov or Kurt Holbaugh. And now he, he's failing on a lot of those takedowns. And he ate so many punches. He just gets hit so freaking hard all the time. And I think Trevin Jones hits hard enough to get him out of there. So I'm personally worried about what happens when Trevin Jones finds that chin. Our dog of the week is a personal favorite of mine. I believe you like him as well. He is the master of the Nogi Ezekiel choke. It's Alexio Linick at a plus 155 taking on a Lirwa TC. Break it down. 
Yeah, I'm kind of shocked he's a dog here because I'll be honest. Ilir Latifi is not a heavyweight. I don't know what he's doing at heavyweight. I don't know why he would be at heavyweight. The guy is short and stocky. Now, granted, he he did put in some decent performances so far. You know, he didn't look awful against Derek Lewis. But my problem here is what did he do against Derek Lewis that made him look good? He, he got it into the clinch and he mixed it up with him there. And, and let's face it, you're not doing that with Alexi Olenek for 15 minutes and winning. So you got to ask yourself, is Alir Latifi going to go in there and knock out Alexi Olenek? Man, I don't think so. And I don't think his submission defense is like anything to write home about. I mean, I guess we haven't seen him super tested there. But the fact that he is going to be, uh, you know, a much shorter guy, which is obviously going to affect his striking and a guy who is, you know, known to wrestle and mix it up in the grappling quite a bit and is clearly not going to be the better grappler. Why not take a chance that we're going to get a submission here? I like it. Um, Our parlay to play, Mackenzie Dern, already broke that down, a minus 210. Mike Davis, a minus 170. So paired Dern and Davis, two pretty solid favorites together. It does get you plus 135 odds, right? I love it. So Mackenzie Dern, good fighter. We already broke down why we believe she's going to beat Jan Chanan. Mike Davis is actually getting a short-notice opponent in Slava Borshev, which, first of all, I'm a big fan of Slava. I I think Slava is going to be really good in the UFC. But as we showed in his last fight, he is a little bit one-dimensional. He was a guy who got badly out-wrestled in his second fight. The UFC just tried to push him a little bit too fast. He really needed to go back to the drawing board and work on things, and instead he's taking a short-notice fight against a guy who might be a better striker than him in Mike Davis. I think people are sleeping on how damn good Mike Davis is because he beat the holy hell out of Mason Jones in his last fight. Uh, and, and like that that's no easy feat before that he put one of the most savage beatings on thomas gifford as anybody has ever gotten in the ufc his only loss in the ufc is to gilbert burns and we've seen this guy on the regional scene also look really good not just with his striking but look good with his grappling i think he has a lot of advantages over slava here both in the fact that he can mix it up a little bit more and in the fact that i think he's actually going to be quicker on the feet All right. Well, that wraps it up for us. Let us know if we did you right. Let us know if we did you dirty or what you think of these picks ahead of time at Top Turtle MMA on all the social meds. Gumby, this train is a rumbling down the tracks. Where do we stop next? So we're going to transition now to my interview with Guido Canetti, who fights Randy Costa this weekend coming up at UFC Vegas 61. Just a quick editor's note before we get to this interview. Uh, Guido Canetti speaks mostly Spanish, although some of his English is quite good. So this interview is done with an interpreter, thanks to the fine folks at Upgrade Management. So I just wanted to give you guys that little disclaimer till we transition to it. And we'll do that right now. All right, and joining me today is Guido Canetti, who fights Randy Costa at UFC Vegas 61. That fight is on October 1st. So, Guido, I wanted to start here. You know, I was looking through the roster. You're actually the oldest active 135er in the UFC right now at 42 years old. To what do you credit that that longevity in the sport? Pues mira, la pregunta es, ahorita tienes 42 años. Soy el, el peleador más viejo en UFC. Sí. Ajá. ¿Y, y qué? Uh, ¿Das crédito a algo como has quedado tanto tiempo peleando? La verdad que fue porque cuando entré a UFC, todos me veían como un próximo campeón y la verdad que me fue muy mal. Ok. Entonces, me fue mal, me fue bien y ahora que 
como que encontré el equilibrio ahora. Entonces, eh, eso era aprovechar. Vengo de hacer muy, unas dos muy buenas peleas contra rivales duros. Y tengo ganas de seguir mejorando y, y seguir entrenando y seguir peleando para ver si puedo llegar a, a ese título que siempre soñé. Ok. So his answer was, you know, he, he came out strong. He believes that, you know, he had the potential to be champion. But unfortunately, things didn't go his way early in his career. But as time went on, he feels like he started getting the hang of it. And now he feels better than ever with his last couple of fights. He feels like he's ready to keep going and keep training hard. And, and you know, you mentioned in there that you, you've sort of changed something. Something clicked. What, what was that thing that felt like all of a sudden you were better? Was it something in the cage? Was it something mentally? El pregunta es, ¿te ¿sientes que fue algo directo que adentro de pelear o fuera del octagón? ¿Qué es lo que cambió para usted? Y cambié muchas cosas. Eh, entrenaba, entrenaba mucho, demasiado. Y comía, comía muy poco y para poder, para no cortar tanto peso. Y me di cuenta que me estaba dañando. Y cada vez lo hacía más exagerado. Entonces, fui a un nutricionista deportivo, me dijo, no, Guido, tenés que seguir más o menos en este peso siempre. Uh -huh. eh, puse un entrenador de los mejores que hay en el país en la parte física, que me, me orientó todo mi entrenamiento para el MMA, como ninguno lo hacía. Y la verdad que me empecé a sentir muy bien, me empecé a tener más aire, empecé a tener más fuerza, empecé a tener más energía. Empecé a sentir mejor a esta edad que a la que a la más temprana y dije, bueno, ahora vamos a seguir, viejo, vamos a aprovechar. Hay que hacer plata. Muy bien, muy bien. Well, his answer was that, you know, when he first started, he really believes he was overtraining. He also believes his his diet wasn't correct. He believes that he uh, was not taking in enough. After making some adjustments with a new trainer, with his new diet, he says he feels better than ever now at 42. And he ex he's excited to get in there and uh, make some of that money. <laughs> well, that's great to hear. Now, you you said that you had a couple of really great performances in a row, and you you did, but you know the results weren't there, right? You lost a couple in a row. You get that huge finish last time out over Chris Mutino. What was it the feeling like to finally like get that monkey off your back to get that that big win? Pues la pregunta es, él ya ha visto tus peleas, vio que unos que no te fueron a tu lado, pero con el último pelea con el Chris, dice que, que uh, ganaste muy bien. ¿Cómo sentiste en ese momento? Es la pelea que mejor me sentí en toda mi vida y que en base a mi experiencia fui ajustando todas las cosas y... Y creo que fue la que, que hizo que encuentre y diga, esto es así, vamos a repetirlo ahora, tratar de mejorar un poco más y vamos a tratar de noquear a todos y ahora más como lo hacía al principio de mi carrera. La única parte que yo peleé todas las veces y nunca me ganaron porque fueron mejores que yo. Casi todas las peleas, si vos ves todas mis peleas, en todas las peleas le pegué a todos y le venía ganando a todos. Pero no me sentía bien, entraba débil, me sentía cansado. Y hoy que me siento bien, quiero aprovechar este momento y ver que hasta dónde puedo llegar. His answer was, you know, that was honestly one of his best fights, one of his favorite fights to win. 
Uh, he believes now any opponent he's ever fought, he doesn't believe that he that they were better than him. And he would go in the octagon kind of tired, but he's dialed in now. He feels excited to keep going. And uh, yeah, he's looking forward to it. So I, I have to ask then if, if you're feeling this good and, and this much like your your diet change and your training change has helped, do, do you feel all the pressure off or is there still a lot of pressure being, you know, a 42 year old guy still under UFC contract? Pues el pregunta es, él ve que tus cambios y, y, y tu conferencia. Um, I'm sorry, what was the, the last part of the question again? Is, is there is there any pressure left on him at oh. this point? Ahorita hay, hay uh, apresura. apresura para ser más bien. ¿Te sientes que, que tienes que echarle todos los ganas? ¿O cómo te sientes ahorita siendo 42 años en el UFC? La verdad que por ahora... Me siento muy bien, todavía me siento muy rápido, muy fuerte. Quizá tardo un poquito más en, en recuperarme, por eso mis entrenamientos ahora son más cortos y más intensos. Busco mejorar la calidad de cada entrenamiento y no la cantidad. Eh, y la verdad que me siento muy bien, entreno con gente muy joven y, y estoy mucho mejor. Así que es hora de ir a, a destruir a todos en mi categoría. His answer was basically, you know, he, he still feels good. He's really dialed on his training. He trains with a lot of good coaches, with a lot of young fighters, and he feels good. He's ready to get in there. He's not uh, overtraining as much, and he just wants to destroy all his competition, and he's going to try his best, he says. Well, I'm really glad you mentioned your training because I, I was curious about that. I've seen a lot of your training pictures on Instagram lately at your own personal gym, Our Town MMA down in Argentina. But I know you've worked with Alpha Male in the past as well. What does this training camp look like? And, and have you sort of moved away from working with the Alpha Male guys? Pues su pregunta es, es ¿has visto tus fotos que entrenas mucho allá en Argentina? Pero su pregunta es, él sabe que has entrenado con el equipo Alpha Male. Uh, ¿Has pensado en, en, en entrenar más con el Alpha Male o estás más uh, contento allá en Argentina? La verdad que el Alpha Male fue un lugar en el que aprendí mucho. Me, me gustó mucho entrenar ahí. Eh, iría a entrenar ahí, pero tendría que llegar a mi familia porque mis hijos son muy chicos. Tienen ocho y seis años. Viven muy junto conmigo, vienen al gimnasio, entrenan conmigo, los voy a buscar, los llevo a fútbol, hago muchas cosas con ellos y la verdad que me siento muy bien acá con ellos, junto a ellos. Quizás ahora tengo un equipo muy fuerte, muy bien armado acá. Ya entrené mucho tiempo allá y hoy decido entrenar acá porque la verdad que me siento mucho mejor emocionalmente, ¿no? Aunque sí me gustaría entrenar al Alfamil porque la verdad que lo extraño mucho también. Pero prefiero estar con mis hijos y pasarla bien a, a poder tener un entrenamiento de más calidad. Siento que, que todo mi aprendizaje eh, fue bueno, pero hoy tengo que elegir quedarme en mi país porque aparte las cosas están muy mal en mi país. Y es muy caro entrenar afuera y, y vivir afuera como lo hacía antes. Muy bien. So his answer was basically, you know, he, of course, loved training at Alpha Male. Uh, right now, his priority is he's got two sons, one that's six years old, one that's eight years old. 
for him, uh, this decision in training Argentina was basically to be with his family, to be able to bond with his kids. He does talk about it would be great to train at Team Alpha Male. Like he said, he loved it there. But the time being right now, he uh, for those examples of being with his family, that was his main priority of being in Argentina. Well, I, I love to hear that. that. That's actually really touching. Now, I, I do want to talk about the fight because that's what people came here to hear about. You're fighting Randy Costa, a guy who absolutely loves to stand and throw bombs, right? He loves to trade hands. Are you excited that you've got an opponent who wants to do that as much as we know that you love to? La pregunta es, ¿es tu próxima pelea va a ser con Randy Costa? Él dice que Randy Costa le gusta pararse y, y pegar duro. ¿Te, te sientes bien uh, pelear con alguien así? ¿Te, te sientes, uh, uh, cómo se dice, excited? ¿Te sientes bien? Pues, eh, sí, me siento bien porque es un peleador muy parecido a cómo peleo yo. Pero creo que a diferencia, la diferencia que tiene conmigo es que a él no le gusta que le peguen. Y a mí sí me gusta que me peguen. Lo he demostrado que digo, venga, venga, a pegarme. Me quedo ahí, tapo y después salgo a pegarle yo. Eh, él le gusta pegar, pero no le gusta que le peguen. Y ahí está el problema. A mí me gusta pegar y que me peguen. Y soy más, soy más fuerte que él. Él tiene más alcance, pero yo soy mucho más fuerte que él. Y mis golpes son mucho más fuertes. Nice, muy bien. So, it's basically, his response was, there's a big difference between him and, and, and Randy is, he uh, doesn't mind getting hit while the other guy does. He believes he hits harder and he is not afraid to get hit. He was going to stand and bang and he is not going to, uh, his punches are more powerful than his. So, so this comes to my favorite part of the interview and the part I love to end on every single time. You said your punches hit harder than his. Do you have a prediction for the fight? How does this one end? Pues tiene un pregunta más para usted. Tú dices que pegas más duro que él y ¿Cómo piensas que va a terminar esta pelea? Yo creo que va, no va a poder aguantar mi ritmo de pelea. Solamente el primer round va a ser muy emocionante porque vamos a estar los dos muy rápidos y muy fuertes. Pero él en el segundo round no va a aguantar mi ritmo y se va a entregar a que yo termine con él. Muy bien. So basically he said that it's going to be all about rhythm. That first round is going to be pretty cool. But by round two, uh, he is not going to be able to hang in there. Uh, yeah, so he is very excited for this fight. All right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. This is Ben Guido Canetti, who fights Randy Costa at UFC Vegas 61 on October 1st. Gracias, Guido. Thank you very much. Thank you. You too. And that's going to do it for another episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast. We want to thank you, the fans, for tuning in each and every week. We would not have a show without you guys. We also want to thank our sponsors, Maroon Social, and remind you guys that you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Top Turtle MMA in both of those locations. And until next week, I'm Daniel Gubby-Freeland. He is Shockwave Dave Tremonte, and we'll catch you then.